welcome to part two of our Easter weekend special. Hello. Josiah Nadell here, back with Worthy of the Calling podcast. If you have not listened to part one, technically it'd be listed as episode four. We'll be talking about how it is finished, the blood of Jesus. If you haven't listened to that yet, please stop this, go back and listen to that, because you're really going to want to have this in a one-two punch. So today, assuming that you have listened, we are going to be carrying on with part two. So we just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. It's just one of my favorite times of the year. It's just, it brings so much joy to believers. So we talked about in the first episode, uh, it is finished. Jesus Mm -hmm. is on the cross. He says, it is finished. And we just sat there in that moment, imagining the cross. We serve this God who saw to all the details. He took it upon himself to meet his own just demand for a pure sacrifice. He made atonement for all who would believe. So for part two... We are going to take on a few questions. Adele and I have been discussing and kind of tossing back and forth at each other as we approached Easter this year. And that first question is, we've been wondering if Jesus' shed blood was more than sufficient to meet the just demands of heaven and make atonement for our sin, mm-hmm. then why did Jesus have to rise from the dead? Uh, yeah. Like, if his blood was sufficient and he said it is finished, why does that matter, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a fair question. We're going to look and see what the Bible has to say about that today. And then the other question we're going to look at is, so Jesus did raise from the dead, so now what? Right? Like, what does it continue to mean for us today? So first of all, we did want to get this gospel truth recorded in an episode. We're going to be reading the first half of John 20. It's the, the story of the empty tomb. And again, we're reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb, so she went running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Hmm. At that, Peter and the other disciples went out, heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. Then, following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloth lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloth, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, then also went in, saw, and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them. And I don't know where they've put him. Hmm. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, turning around, she she said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what he had said to her. Wow. So that was John 20, 1 through 18. So what we're going to do now, just imagine yourselves in the, the experience here in the place of Jesus' closest followers. 
So they're experiencing this mountain of grief and sorrow. They do not yet fully understand that Jesus would be raised from the dead. They're still in Jerusalem. There's still festival activities that are going on, and there's still just a ton of visitors in the city. So they're hiding out. It says later in John 20 that they're they're hiding out behind a locked door. They're afraid. They're afraid. They don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And so some of the women in Jesus' group of followers, they wanted to go back after the day of Sabbath. So Jesus died on a Friday. Sabbath was a day of rest. They couldn't do anything mm-hmm. with the body that day. And then they'd go back on Sunday. They wanted to go back and finish preparing Jesus' body for burial. There would be specific burial cloths, garments, spices, different things that were involved and so it was very common uh, in a tomb for those days that there would be like this prepare this uh, prepare preparation sorry preparation platform that the body would be laid on and then once fully prepared for burial it would be laid to a final resting place and it was kind of like a cave like tomb and so it's interesting to me that Mary Magdalene she's the first one there mm-hmm. she goes early in the morning while it's still dark out it says and then she notices the stone is rolled away she goes back she gets Peter and John they go and they see the stone rolled the empty tomb, the cloth laying there. Mm-hmm. They don't see the angels. They go back. So there are, they're still just like, it says they don't fully understand what's going on. So right. they're just confused. Yeah. Mary lingers and she's crying. So there's this grief, this grief moment. Um, and so let's just look into the tomb now. Just imagine what that tomb looks like. We have this, this missing body. <laughs> You're expecting that if somebody would have just like hastily came in and taken the body, that the stone would have been rolled away as it was, mm-hmm. or maybe it would have even been replaced, um, that things would be in a bit of a disarray. Right. That, yeah. you know, there probably wouldn't be the burial cloth that he had been wrapped in already, still just laying there. And it says it says that the face covering is rolled up neatly set to the side. Like, <laughs> this isn't some chaotic event, like somebody snuck in in the night and took the body and, like, right. what, and they unwrapped the f- it. And hold on a second, I'm just going to fold the face cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is like an organized power of God type of thing here. So, And then it says that Jesus appears to Mary. And so she gets this opportunity to become really the first evangelist of telling others the good news that Jesus is alive. I have seen him. And so it's also interesting to note, and I'm just going to you know, pull this note out. It says, do not cling to me. Go tell the others. I want to see them. And I'm just kind of stuck on that. Like, remember here, we're back in the mind of the followers. Mary was, she was one of the few, she was at the crucifixion. She saw it all. She Mm -hmm. saw Jesus in his most just destitute, beaten, bloody state. She saw him getting taken away, taken off the cross. So you know that she's just in this pit of grief. And so now we got this roller coaster, right? Like first she's grieving that he's dead. And then it's like, okay, now somebody stole the body and Mm -hmm. she's, Mm -hmm. she's crying. She's just heartbroken. And so I just want to step back out and look at our question why did Jesus raise from the dead? Why did he have to raise from the dead? Yeah. And the first, the first fulfillment of that, the first way we want to answer that question today is that's literally what he said he was going to do. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. so like for no other theological implications besides Jesus still being a man of his word, uh, it reminds me of John sixteen sixteen. It says, in a little while you will no longer see me. He died. And then again, in a little while you will see me. Like you're going to see me again. Yeah. You know, like... And so he's just really like, we're going to get into the theological stuff, but just in the most basic sense, like one of the reasons Jesus came back to life is because he said he would. Yeah. <laughs> he fulfilled all scripture, the whole Bible, up until he came and lived his life and died. Like, why wouldn't he also just continue yeah. <laughs> to follow through here? <laughs> so, and then it also, uh, I think it is back to Mary at this point, 
she's ecstatic now because she knows it's Jesus. She calls him teacher in their 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 Galilean language, Aramaic. It's like the country folk language. And so she just wants things, I can just imagine, she just wants things to go back to normal. Jesus, you're alive. We can, we can go back to the way things mm-hmm. were. Like, this is, this is, what are we going to do? Like, this is great. This is awesome. He says, don't cling to me. Mm-hmm. Don't cling to me, you know. Um, I'm just passing through. I'm, I, I said I would come back. Uh, and then I said I would see you again. And then I said I would leave and go to the Father. So, like, don't mm-hmm. cling to me. This isn't where, like, the story ends. This is just the beginning, you know. So first, uh, let's look at John sixteen seven. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away, because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Yeah, so Jesus came back to fulfill his own <clears throat> promise that they'd see him again. So John 16, he's like telling them this the day before he dies. Yeah. And then he says, when he comes again later, it says that their joy would be full. Like, you're going to be in a bunch of sorrow, and then your joy is going to mm-hmm. be full. Like, he's just proven himself accurate. Mm-hmm. But then also this important step that the reason Jesus came and is now going off to the Father and not just, like, hanging around is because he's going to send the Holy Spirit. So yeah. we talked quite a bit about the Holy Spirit in our third episode. So go ahead and listen back to that one if you're wondering some of those questions. Um, but just really in the most basic way we're answering this first question is Jesus was a man of his word. He kept his promise. And so now we're going to look, we're going to get into what the Apostle Paul uh, dealt with, with, with early, the early Christian church and this idea of resurrection. It was something that, again, I'm asking questions today. They were asking questions 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to look, if you look in your Bibles at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the whole chapter talks about these different challenges and questions about resurrection. So mm-hmm. it's something that the church was asking about then, and again, it's something we're asking now. I'm going to have Adele read 1 Corinthians 15, and this is 50 through 58. So this would be the very end of this chapter on resurrection. What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor can corruption inherit cor- incorruption. Mm-hmm. Listen, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. For this corruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body is clothed with immortality then the saying that is written will take place come on death has been swallowed up in victory where death is your victory where death is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to god who gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ therefore my dear brothers and sisters be steadfast immovable always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Yeah. So it's here in this passage, it unlocks this question for us, that while Jesus' death was necessary to make atonement for our sins, that's what we talked about in part one, it is his resurrected life that paves the way for us to experience eternal life. We look again at verse 55, death, where's your victory? Where death is your sting? Mm. And I was thinking about this, and then it just all of a sudden it clicked for me. It's that you cannot have victory over sin and not also have victory over death. The wages of sin is death. So if you have conquered sin, you have also dealt with death. Yeah. Death mm-hmm. is defeated. You know, so it's just mm-hmm. death is it's just that sting of sin. And because, as Jesus says, it is finished. 
that means that even before he gave up his spirit, he had already beaten death. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like he was going to rise again because he already he already had it kicked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it is finished. The requirements of the law were met. And because he rose again, the sting of death is no more. Mm -hmm. That means for us as believers today, first and foremost, that we do not have to fear death. When we die, we will rest and then we'll all rise together with him, it says. Yeah. Incorruptible, yeah. immortal, mm -hmm. that eternal life because of the resurrected life That's of Jesus awesome. Christ. So we're going to look at now our second question. What does this mean for believers today living out our lives? And I'll have Adele read from First Peter, reading First Peter now, verse 3 through 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope mm. through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Oh, man, that is praise God stuff right mm -hmm. there. That's good stuff. We're talking about resurrection life. It brings us such joy. So we have this living hope, this promised, imperishable inheritance of eternal life with God. It gives us something to rejoice about. Even as we continue our journeys here on earth, it doesn't matter how dark your days get, like you know how this thing wraps up. And so I was thinking about our podcast title, Walk Worthy of the Calling, mm -hmm. coming from Ephesians 4.1. There's nothing that inspires me more to walk worthy of the calling than knowing that I have a living hope. Yeah. You know? Right. We, we read that 1 Corinthians 5.58. I'll go back to that. It says, so he's talking about like all this great theological implications of death being defeated. Yeah. And so he wraps it up with, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Mm -hmm. We know that this isn't the end. We know that we have a purpose here on earth, the labor in the Lord. It's to share the gospel through our lives and through what we say and what we do and live with this living hope so it's the fuel this this whole episode is the fuel behind why we're so excited yeah about walking worthy yeah, of the calling it's so exciting and so there's another thing there's one more thing we got to talk about with with this whole idea of jesus rising from the dead and it's it's not just that jesus is alive and he's ascended into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of God. That's awesome. That's literally the most awesome thing in the universe. Jesus at the right hand of God. His supremacy. Yeah. Jesus is Lord. There's more to the story, though. And that's that Jesus' death wasn't the end. And his resurrection also wasn't the end. It's mm -hmm. just the new beginning because Jesus is going to be coming back someday. Right, yeah. And I was thinking about that. We were talking about it. And it's like, you can't come back for the church, for your spotless bride, like it says in the Bible if you're dead mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like he had to fulfill all of that and now we're in this period where jesus is at the right hand of the father and it's just waiting period where the god is willing to just wait this thing out for a while i mean yeah. we're what two thousand years in how many people can hear about the love mm -hmm. of jesus and become believers mm -hmm. and believe it that god raised jesus from the dead that's that's it so we just want to cap this episode off we're talking about resurrection life but we're also looking forward we have this living hope we're going to spend eternity with jesus and he's coming back for us so we're going to look at some verses that remind us of that hebrews 9 27 through 28 for starters and just as it is appointed for people to die once and after this judgment so also Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. There it is. Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Oh, are you waiting for Jesus? Mm. <laughs> and then we're going to also read from First Thessalonians, and this is chapter 4, <clears throat> verses 13 through 17. 
We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again in the same way through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For we say this to you by a word from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For Mm. the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ Mm. will raise first. Then we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. (laughs) And so so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I'm personally encouraged Uh by these words. So it, uh, it has this idea of those who are already, it says fallen asleep. It means believers who have already died before Jesus has returned. Hmm. Like, mm-hmm. don't mourn for them. Right. We're all going to be caught up in the air together when Jesus comes back. Hmm. And so those of us who are still alive, when he returns, yeah. we'll be caught up with them. They're raised up and we meet in the air. Like, I'm just so excited <laughs> about that. Like, that sounds so cool. I want to meet in the air, meet the Lord in the air. So we're going to do a little bit of a recap now. We've, we've shared a lot of gospel truth. It is, it is Easter weekend and a two-part Easter episode. But let's break it down. So we have man sinned. Mm-hmm. Sin separated us from God. God began to reveal his redemption plan and all those details we talked about in the last episode. Jesus fulfilled all of those just requirements. Mm-hmm. Jesus made a way across that divide, that separation caused by sin. He brought us out of darkness into his glorious light through the blood of Jesus, through the cross. And now we have this abundant life now here on earth, Mm -hmm. still before we've even entered into eternity. We have this living hope and we live now with anticipation, knowing that death has no sting and life has no end. Like That is awesome. That That is is why Christians get excited. That's Mm -hmm. why we can have joy even when the world is literally in the middle of a global pandemic and everyone's going crazy because they're all full of fear. We don't have to live like that. We have a living hope. So if that doesn't make you want to walk worthy of the calling, then we got nothing else for you, folks. But for me, (laughs) I am inspired. I am inspired to walk worthy of the calling. And so with that, apart from Jesus, we just got to bring it home. With apart from Jesus, you are dead in your sins. Yeah. You are on track to be separated from God for eternity. Hmm. That's literally what hell is. It's an eternal separation from God. If you would rather live in an abundant, joy-filled life now, answering that salvation call, and looking forward with a living hope to eternal life with Jesus, then my challenge for you today is, won't you believe in him? Again, it says in Romans 10:9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We talked about a lot of details. God has given us a lot of details, and he has fulfilled all of them. And we're going to try to keep talking about them on this podcast. But we end with this celebratory phrase today. Jesus is is alive. alive.